Oh, okay, okay. I thought you were saying, well, finally, we got something interesting. <laughs> yeah, finally. We did it. Finally, we got a, a little bit of a time warp, the most interesting thing that's ever happened on our podcast. Oh, thank goodness. Welcome to that odious beast gaming. Mm. I'm your elder gamer, Jonathan. I am your punchy gamer, Logan. Ooh. Bringing all that little feisty energy to the episode today. Punchy on a Sunday morning. Oh, you love to man. hear it. Punchy on a Sunday morning was actually my third studio album. Oh, okay. Believe yeah. it or not, not well received by the critics. Huh. Yeah, did, yeah, did not love it. Particularly criticized my use of bongos, which I thought was quite artistic. But, um... <laughs> Donkey Kong bongos? Please say <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. It was the controller. Okay. Um, I don't have okay, money perfect. for real bongos. Who do you think right. I am? Who does? No, yeah. And apparently, um, yeah, apparently they did not like that. So what can I say? I was just trying to lead them through the monkey rap and yet (laughs) they had no energy for me there. Well, we're here. We're back. Season two jokes are worse than ever. Oh man. hundred times worse. I, yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be the, I would say a dumpster fire of a season, but it's Uh here. uh And that's uh all I think we really need to say about it. Like, It's, These are the brooding teen years of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nothing but attitude coming. You remember that time yeah, yeah, yeah. when you were like sitting there at 14 years old and you had your Game Boy Advance in your pocket and you wanted, you decided you wanted to grow out your hair like Jesse McCartney and get your left ear pierced? That's basically sure. where our podcast is right now. It's not great, uh-huh. but like uh-huh. there's something endearing about it. Well, that's the hope anyway. Uh, <laughs> we'll let the time f- will tell. We'll let the fans decide, I guess. Indeed, indeed. All 1,400 of them. Well, Logan, it's been a hot minute. I don't think we're going to go over everything we've played Mm -mm. in the interim, but we'll shout out, you know, the biggest ones. Uh, So so what have you been playing? Oh, man. Um, Well, I've been playing a lot of Fire Emblem, but first I want to talk about Hollow Knight because I I have a fear that if I start with Fire Emblem... I'm not going to be able to pump the brakes on that bad boy at all because... Okay, fair. Suffice to say, I've had a good time with that game. Um, Nice. Hollow Knight, though, um, I can't remember if you've played this one, John. Uh, No, not yet. Okay. It's on the docket. You have it on PC Game Pass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I just got rid of my PC Game Pass. Oh, yeah? That was what I was going to say before we were recording, but then I decided it might be better to mention here. I can't... I don't know what it is. Installing games with PC Game Pass is just a nightmare for me. Huh, I just weird. can't. Like, if the game is over 20 gig, I may as well not even try. Like, for some reason, it weird. just doesn't want to install. And I don't know if it's my internet connection or my PC or something. Because presumably... You know, I have, I've heard of other people having installation issues with Game Pass games because some of them are UWPs or Universal... Windows packages, I believe, maybe programs, mm-hmm. um, which aren't, I mean, they're still supported per se, but they are, like, it was kind of a big news story, if you're a gigantic nerd like me, uh, like a month and a half ago that uh, Phil Spencer got out there saying that they are going to throw a lot more support behind Win32 executables. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which is uh, arguably the the most favored, you know, Windows uh, executable type for game developers. Totally. I, I don't know what the reasons are or whatever. I just know that most game, a lot of games come out in that format and a lot of game, game devs prefer it. Um, so, yeah, kind of dropping the whole UWP thing, at least for games. Um, but, yeah, they still continue to exist 
uh, for some of the Game Pass games. And I've heard people like, I was reading a forum last week, uh, Mutant Year Zero Road to Eden, which Mm -hmm. is a game I think I talked about. Yeah, you did. At the end of season one, a game I liked quite a bit. Apparently you cannot even run it right now. Wait, you, you played Mutant Year Zero? Oh, yeah. Not on Game Pass. Uh, oh, no way. No, you didn't talk about that. You talked about like wanting to play that game at the beginning of Season 1. Oh. I well, had no hey, idea you I, played it. Wow. Yeah, I played it probably two months ago now. I won't get too in-depth, but that's a great game. I'm and just gonna... hopefully they, f- they fix this Game Pass nonsense. Maybe they already have. Maybe I'm acting on, on old information here. But I know, yeah, that's one of several games that are having pretty big issues. So I don't think it's just you or your internet yeah. or anything like that. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. I'm going to go ahead and part the curtain here about Mutant Year Zero. The fact that John played that game is just one of many plot twists and surprises that our fans can expect here in <laughs> Season 2. <laughs> things we don't even know oh, about ourselves. Boy. We're all going to go on a magic carpet ride and learn things about ourselves emotionally, physically, spiritually. True, 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 it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. But I'm yeah, I, uh, I tried to install Prey, a game that I have... I don't oh, want to yeah. say desperately wanted to play, but that I've really wanted to play for some time. It's a great game. Um, and I ended up just having to babysit the installation, essentially, because huh. anytime I would turn my back on it, it would just, just crash. Weird. Moon crash, you might say. Sure, you um, might. If you wanted to make do a you, bad joke. Do you know if that's included? I don't think the... it is. Oh, man, that's a bummer, because I have yet to play uh, Moon Crash or any of the DLC, really. Uh, I just played the base game like the week it came out and loved it. Yeah, I've heard really good things about the DLC. I've heard the I've heard mixed things about the the base game. Like some people liked it a lot, and some people thought it was just okay. Uh, but I've heard pretty much universally everybody really liked that DLC who played it. So um, yeah, I uh, I want to get to it, but alas, Microsoft Game Pass does not seem to be the way. So that is a yeah, bit of a that's bummer. That's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll renew it here in a couple months. Um, sure. Hopefully they sort some of that out. Yeah. yeah I have... And I'm looking at getting an SSD here pretty soon, too. Um, I mean, that, that would help with some of that, for sure. Because yeah. if, if, the, if the problem is just, like... Because, like, honestly... Drive, yeah. Yeah, if it's crashing every, like, 30 seconds or whatever, I can get more of it downloaded in 30 seconds. Because it usually, like, it just pauses, essentially, is what the crash is. Oh, interesting. And then I just have to go back in and say, like, no, really, I did want you to download Prey. Like, really bad. I wanted you to download this. (laughs) And that that happens with anything that's over, like, 20 gig. Huh, Um, strange. And I think it is the UWP thing. Yeah, that's totally possible. Because I, I think I was able to download a game. Yeah, for the record, I've downloaded... Uh, four games now. Zero issues with any of them so far. Oh, really? But but I don't think I've downloaded any of the games you have. So, right. I yeah. The two that I tried and had difficulties with were were Sea of Thieves and hmm. and Prey. So Sea of Thieves would almost certainly be a UWP. Like I'd be really surprised because that was developed in house at Microsoft or at Rare, but commissioned by Microsoft, right? Uh yeah, they're they're a first party studio now, so <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. I just miss the days that you know I didn't need like any launchers or Windows stores. I could just like download an exe file and yeah, call fair. It good. <clears throat> call it good. Um, but yeah, so that, I guess that's a that's a side note. Uh, that's tangentially related. It's it's Hollow Knight adjacent, one might say. Um, so yeah, since you haven't played this game, I guess I'll just give the soft pitch for anybody who might be listening and somehow missed out on this really great game. Um, uh, actually, this is another reason that I might have realized that 
Game Pass wasn't for me because I purchased Game Pass right as E3 started, and um, then if Hollow Knight's included, and I just proceeded to go buy in Hollow Knight, buy Hollow Knight on my Nintendo Switch anyway, um, <laughs> because I really just wanted to play it on Switch. Hey, so hey, hey. I, uh, you essentially play as a little insect with a nail sword. You run around and you chop stuff, and it's got like a really kind of like Metroid and Dark Souls energy to it. Um, yeah. Which I have really grown fond of after my time with Dead Cells, which I think I did talk about on this podcast, but who knows anymore. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some uh, some of that later because I have played a lot of it. Yeah, it's... Oh, man, what a good game. Um, oh, yeah. But Hollow Knight is really fun because the way that it works is uh, just is what makes it different from like a Metroid or a, Dead, or a Dead Cells or a Dark Souls is that there is a map in Hollow Knight, which... In those right. other games, I guess Dead Cells has one when you use the portals, but other than that, right, maps, which is frustrating. Yeah, it's the worst. But maps are are not common in like these kind of exploratory platform games at all. Um, at least not out of the box for free. Right, right, right. Hollow Knight though is really interesting because you get a like you get the map as part of the game, but map making is like a key mechanic. Okay. So one one of the early items you acquire is a quill, and that quill allows you to update your map when you sit at benches, right? Interesting. Yeah. So what'll happen is you'll buy a map of an area, you'll get into like a new zone, right? Um, like there's a, a place called Green Path, right? It's like a really foresty, like really viney green area. Sure. sure. You'll run around Green Path, and then you'll meet a guy named ooh, Orville, maybe, who's like this map making dude. Oh, Redenbacher, huh? Yeah, he makes maps and popcorn. Oh, wow. A real yeah. renaissance man, that one. Yeah, a real Redenbacher man. Oh, no. oh, said now. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, is this why we stopped making this podcast? Yeah, yeah. I remember now. Oh, Mistakes man. were made. Yeah, they and they won't, we can't stop, unfortunately. We cannot. We're contractually obligated to make another 470 of these, so yeah. buckle up, Whoa. folks. It's going to be a lot of bad popcorn adjacent jokes, but let's go. <laughs> yeah, so before he got into popcorn, he was huge into maps. Like one's, okay. one, one would say like borderline horny for them. And so in every area, you can stop by this Orville or whatever his name is, fellow, and you can you can buy a map from him, right? Um, this is actually one of the more frustrating elements of the game, though, because if you pass over him and then beat the boss of the area, he will, or or even go to another area, I think he will just leave. Um, really? And then you have to go all the way back to the surface and purchase it from his wife, who owns a shop at the at, on top side, like at the huh. in the overworld. And that's a little frustrating because, like, you can access... Like, this is what happened to me in Green Path. You can explore the entire area and then not have a map and just get super, super lost and then die and lose all of your... Essentially, like, we'll call them souls or, like, your all of your cells. Right. I think they're called um, Gil... No, that's something else. They, they have a name. and it's Oh, Geo. Sure. They're called Geo. You lose, okay. all, you lose all of your Geo, which is just the little coins that you use to buy things and upgrade your, your weapons and, <sighs> and abilities and so on. Um, but... And so that I had expressed in a, in a lost episode of this podcast a little bit of frustration that I had with that mechanic because you learn to rely on a map really early in the first zone, and then in the second zone, I just couldn't find him, right? Huh, yeah. And so I end up wandering around lost until finally I beat the zone and was able to go up and buy it from his wife. Um, but I lost a lot of Geo in there, and it was frustrating. Like, a lot of Geo in this game is probably like, like the most expensive thing I've seen is 1800 
And I lost okay. like 2,700 Geo just because I couldn't get Oof. out of the maze that was this place because I didn't have a map. When you have a map, right. the game, it's it still has an exploratory element because you can't you can't see places you haven't been. But right. once you've been somewhere, you can update the map that helps you navigate back to where you have been already. Um, so that's that's both my biggest frustration and also one of my favorite parts of this game because once you do it right, like if you find the map early when like you're intended to find it, it the whole exploration and and the whole process is a lot smoother. Um, yeah. But when you miss it, it's like very difficult and, and a little frustrating. Um, so what I've started doing now is when I go into an area, I just look for him. For, yeah, for that makes sense. Orville Revan Map Maker, or whatever his <laughs> name is. Do you have to buy the map from him, or yeah. does he just give it to you? Yeah, it's it's like a, a paid item. So like, mm. but it's it's you know it's usually like sixty to like two hundred geo. Like it's not like you'll oh, okay. you'll have it. You'll have the right. money for it. And if you don't, you can just go grind some mobs real quick and be right back. Like it's it's nothing. Yeah, crazy. fair enough. Um, yeah, you can't just like walk up to him though, and he'll give it to you. Um, the other thing that's really cool about this, about Hollow Knight as compared to some of these other games, is the way that the combat system, not the combat, but like the upgrade system works. Um, so yeah. usually when you get these kind of games, you get like, with the Metroid style, you get like new items that allow you to do new things. And that definitely happens here. Like you'll unlock new abilities like a dash or like a, like a ground pound that let you access new areas you haven't been to before. Sure. But Hollow Knight also has a badge system. Um, that's really, really unique. So essentially what will happen is you'll pick up different badges as you go throughout okay. the world, and you'll have a number of like slots that you can equip badges to. Interesting. And so you'll get, for example, like I think one of the badges I have is called Long Nail, which essentially makes your sword like longer. Huh. Um, so when you swipe, you have like just a longer blade. Or you'll have a badge that's like, like I think there's a double jump badge. I think that there's like a... Like a badge that gives you like an extra temporary health. There's a badge that lets you see where you are on the map. So instead of oh, just having the map, which I have equipped that one and never unequipped it. Oh, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they're all helpful mechanics. Like I haven't run into a badge yet that I've thought like, oh, that seems pretty useless. Huh. Um, but you have a limited number or you yeah, have you a could... limited number of applicable slots, I assume. Right, right. And okay. so, and you can expand the number of slots that you have. It just takes okay. a lot of time. And so there's like badges that let you collect more geo or badges that let you collect more soul, which is kind of like your, your Estus flask. Um, gotcha. When you kill enemies, you'll, you'll get a certain amount of soul from those enemies and you can use it to like heal or to use abilities. Um, gotcha. But this badge system, I think is what really sets Hollow Knight apart because you have to really think about like what parts of the game, what mechanics you're good with and what's important to you. Because right. while you do have the ability to hot switch badges, or you don't have the ability to hot switch badges, you only have the ability to switch them at a bench or like a save point. Okay. So like, you and you usually know where those are, but it's still kind of like okay right. when you go out like, like I've had times where like, they you'll want to go out and have like the long nail because you know you're gonna fight something that's a little bit tougher, but there have been other times when like okay having a little bit of extra health or a little bit of like extra I think there's something like you do extra damage things like that. Having that is a little bit more helpful. Um, one of my favorites that I've run into are what are called fragile badges, which will let you do, like, it'll be like, okay, this fragile badge gives you double damage, right? And so you'll just deal double damage, but it's fragile, so if you die, it breaks, 
And then presumably you can get it repaired somewhere, but I've not found that yet. Um, so there's, like, really interesting ways that the game interacts with, like, its upgrade systems. That rather than, like, going for a standard tree or or just, like, here's your your expanded item, it really, I think, kind of, like, plays with it in a fun way. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so that's, that's Hollow Knight. Uh, in a lost episode of this pod, I really dunked on it, saying I was having a hard time with it. Nah, it's really great. It's really, really fun. <laughs> I really like this game. It just took me a minute to, like, for it to grow on me. Fair. Yeah, I mean, that happens quite a lot um thankfully like i feel like the older i get i am less inclined to finish games and that's something we'll talk about um Big more same. later with with a different game for me um and so yeah i've been bouncing off games more if they're not grabbing me in the first you know a couple of hours or so same. um because yeah, just ain't nobody got time to so play true. a game they're not enjoying. We're, we're all out there on that paper chase trying to make that cheddar. And... Indeed. I mean, and and I think uh, it helped, like, Game Pass has helped spur that along in me. Yeah. Because I just, I, I'm under no obligation. I didn't pay $60 for this game. Right. I'm paying, you know, $5 a month just to have access to it if I'm interested in it. Yeah. Um, I, that's been my attitude for a minute now. Yeah. So I'm interested to hear kind of how that developed in you when we when we get whichever game yeah. on this list is that. And so. I mean, I guess I won't break the flow of discussion. We'll just yeah, jump yeah, right yeah. in. Let's do so it. I'll, we'll talk about uh, Bridge Constructor Portal, um, which is a, an interesting little puzzle game uh, that is on uh, PC Game Pass for subscribers. Uh, I don't know if it's on the Xbox Game Pass. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's, uh, it's a... 2D bridge building game in which you have to get these little utility carts from uh, the entrance of the puzzle room to the end of the puzzle room. And you will have mount points along walls and columns and things that you stretch spans of steel and uh, like wire to uh, build bridges. Um, and I, I, there have been several games like this, but this one is uh, all Portal themed. So it, I was actually a little bit surprised to see it on Game Pass because obviously Portal is uh, a Valve yeah. property. So I was going to ask if this was Valve adjacent when I saw Portal in the title. Definitely. So I, I would have imagined that they would have kind of clamped it down and kept it just on Steam, but no, it's it's kicking around on Game Pass, which is pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, that's, that's the basic gist of the game. Uh, it gets complex in the way that, you know, all puzzle games like this get complex, um, which is they introduce not really one-off mechanics, but, like, mechanics that don't apply universally, that only apply if they exist in the room. So if you've played Portal, you will know about blue gel and orange gel that make you bounce and uh, have super speed, respectively. Um so those are in this game, but you know they're only in the game in these predefined rooms, uh, of which there are 60. And for the record, I haven't beaten this game. I have beaten 49 levels, I think, so pretty close to the end. Um, but yeah, so it, I was having a, a decent time at first. The game is strangely bare bones when it comes to just kind of general 
accessibility options. It's a um, bummer. So you can't change like you I was this this is a perfect podcast type game. So, you know, I was playing the game and once I got the feel for tutorials, I wanted to turn on a podcast. Sure. You you can't change any video or audio settings while you are playing the game, which Wait, is odd. What? Yeah, I've honestly never seen that before in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, that's wild. Very strange. Maybe it's possible, but as far as I could tell, and I really dug, you cannot. Um, could you, have you just to exit. use the Windows volume mixer to kill it? Uh, yeah, and eventually that's what I did. Um, and then the next time I booted up the game, I go into the options menu, and that's where you can change it. Um, also, that, that first play session... It was in windowed mode, and so it wasn't taking up my full screen, and I couldn't change it, which was frustrating. Even when, <laughs> even when I exited to the main menu and and clicked, you know, nineteen twenty by ten eighty, it had no like full screen sort of option. It still didn't work. So I thought, oh, this will just never be full screen. And then the next time I booted it up, it was full screen. So the game has strange. Uh, has a strange nature to it when it comes to its kind of back-end configuration, which I would almost never knock a game for, but it was just kind of weirdly inaccessible. Um, <laughs> the settings and, are a puzzle in their own right. <laughs> indeed. And the true cherry Le- on level top... Level 61 of Bridge Construction Portal. <laughs> yeah, basically. But the true cherry on top, and you know, if anybody listening knows that I'm specifically wrong about this, I would like to hear, because... It is truly baffling to me. When you are at the main menu, you cannot exit the game. There is no option to exit to desktop or anything like that. It's extremely strange. You have to Alt F for the game no, to leave the game. Stop. Yeah, it's very bizarre. So again, I would love to be proven wrong in that, but I looked. For uh, two, three minutes straight, trying to find a way to leave the game. I mean, I I have no qualms with Alt F fouring, but not everybody knows that that exists. So what would you? Oh yeah, do? Bri- bridge com- task manager, I guess. <laughs> bridge Yikes. constructor portal would just live. <laughs> yeah, computer I guess. for the rest of my life. I would it's just so I would look strange. at it and I would say like, okay. I would just have to devote, like, a part of my computer's processes to that. That would just be, like, that's just, like, <laughs> this is the way things are now. A permanent like, residence. Yep, this is just, like. Yeah, I, so I, I realized that was a whole lot of talk about things that really aren't the game, but they were the most baffling and the biggest standout parts. The rest of it is fine. Um, yeah, I guess I can get into it a little bit. Like, I I had enough fun to get through you know, the vast majority of the levels, uh, it just kind of fell off once Once the game... How do I describe this? Like, it... I hoped that as you got further, it would indulge creativity more, but instead, in, in its effort to ramp up uh, complexity and difficulty, it felt as though it was shoehorning me into much more specific designs Ah, uh, that's than, a bummer than previous versions. The last level I played, um, all the carts start on the left of the screen, they have to exit on the right. There is a single column uh, with four uh, cutouts, horizontal cutouts through through the middle of it for the carts. 
And in the middle of each of those horizontal paths, there are lasers. And so you have to uh, get four carts through four different openings because as each one passes through, they will hit a button which will trigger slash untrigger a different one. So you have to, I'm sit right here on my desk, I have the notes um, from that level of uh, the cart coming in the top row has to go to the third row in the center column. The cart coming into the second row has to go in the top row and so on. And so what that ends up meaning is that you have to have an extremely specific configuration to solve that. And then on the other end, there's no puzzle. It's just you get them to the door over a uh, an acid pit, which you've done 10,000 times up to that point. Oof. So so that, that was a specifically um, poignant example of just the, there's no real creativity. It was just in the execution. And the execution is fun enough for, I don't know, 30 levels. And past that, it's just not super interesting to keep doing that. Um, and then my final critique is that uh, I'm just kind of I'm kind of done with the portal shtick, with the the hyper aggressive, hyper controlling, but but sanitized corporate culture that <laughs> that portal sure. uses for its humor. It sure. is funny. Uh, it's just a little tired for me at this point. I I'm. I'm kind of I'm kind of past it. Put it out there, was, folks. John is done thinking with portals. <laughs> honestly, kind of. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I failed to mention. Yeah, that this game has portals. Um, they're not used all the time. Not in every level, to be sure. Um, and they're exactly how you would think that they act. So they're fine, I guess. It's not that interesting. Um, so yeah, I mean that's Bridge Constructor Portal. Uh, it's the honestly the perfect Game Pass game. I, I had fun for I don't know probably five six total hours, and had zero guilt. I guess maybe that's not quite the right word, but zero guilt. Just uh, kind of dropping it nice. towards the end when I wasn't having fun anymore. Um, so yeah, I mean if if you have Game Pass, it's it's still a very good podcast game to just kind of zone out to. So I'd recommend it pretty much only in that vain but i muted all the audio right not, and not just because i was listening to a podcast but again Oof. because i'm i'm just kind of over the portal shtick sure well i i'll be i'll be frank about portal i so i've played both portal and portal 2 games uh-huh. that i i love a lot i bought portal 2 again just recently on my pc because it was on sale and i love it sure. and i just wanted it in my library um the whole corporate thing was a lot less funny or was a lot more funny and a lot less real a couple of years ago. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Um, So yeah, I, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, you know, if we weren't always talking about like actual corporate problems happening out there, particularly in the games industry. Cause yeah, Um, portal plays it straight for laughs. It, it's not really a critique in any meaningful mm -hmm, way. Not at all. Um, it is just a stage for for comedy, and it's fine. Like I, again, I'm not saying it is inherently bad. I'm just kind of done with it. Yeah. But yeah, it it rings kind of hollow when it gets more and more real here in our Amazon hellscape of 2019 and forward. Have you been using Amazon hellscape? 
It's my new favorite <laughs> VR software. Oh, man. Oh, that reminds me of the best Onion article of all time. Popular new Amazon service just comes to your house and kills you. <laughs> oh, man. Amazon anyway. Hellsp- Hellscape is the premier place to play Doom. Oh, to yeah, play yeah, the new yeah, Doom yeah. game. I don't get care on what anybody it. says. Yeah. It's like I, like, I get it. Like, you know, corporates, corporations suck, but sure. Dude, Amazon Hellscape, that's where it's at worth worth all the human rights atrocities do you remember what that was called before they bought it out and fired a bunch of people (laughs) (laughs) getting critical up in here um i was gonna ask you about podcast games though you you mentioned several times that bridge constructor portal was one uh for Uh me uh a big podcast game is one that i also see on your list which is dead cells Uh, oh yeah reference that early do you do you podcast with that one too definitely so up until i beat um the final boss for the first time i didn't listen to anything i was just very focused um but then it became pretty easy to get into a flow same with the game uh, at which point it was an excellent podcast game um didn't i just had to turn (sighs) so not to go back to bridge constructor portal but i mentioned i muted the audio and for several reasons, but another one being that the sound design was not very good, and at times, like, the sound mix was very unbalanced. So if a cart explodes, it's extremely loud compared to the rest of the game. That's really Which funny. is just strange. So, yeah, and Dead Cells has nothing like that. I just had to generally turn the audio down a bit, and otherwise, it's a pretty it's a very seamless experience it's easy to enter flow and to not be disrupted by it um you're playing on pc right yeah so i'm playing on pc uh, with an elite controller uh, which is a great way to play by the way uh just a great controller who knew <laughs> i man i want to get one of those yeah i mean i'd wait for v2 yeah, with yeah, yeah bluetooth Natch. support and all that um, but yeah, it, excellent. Not, not that my PC has any Bluetooth capabilities, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't think mine does either. I could connect uh, it to as my, I think of it. I could connect it to my iPad, which oh nice is its That'd own be pretty sweet. Thing. They have DualShock Four support now too. Oh, they that they technically don't. It's iOS 13, but I'm on the right. I'm on the beta program, so I have right, that already. Yeah. It's oh, nice. very nice. I, I game on my iPad a lot now. Anyway, that's yeah. unrelated, but. But yeah, so playing with that blessed controller on your PC. Yeah. Um, So I've probably played uh, just under 20 hours, I think. I don't have my Steam open, but I imagine I'm right around there. Uh, I beat the final boss uh, probably 8 to 10 times, something like that. Nice. Um, On my very first attempt, I got to the final boss, which I did not expect. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I did okay. Like, I think I got him half health. Like, not bad. Nice. Um, And it probably took me six or seven tries after that to to get back there and beat him. But oh, really? My sec- yeah, my second time getting back. Honestly, it was uh, the next time I got to the... The very next attempt, I got to the castle, the high castle again. Yeah. Um, And I, I didn't have the... F- firmest grasp on how broad the 
modifiers that weapons received could be. Oh, so yeah. I didn't realize I was taking like triple damage. Oh, that's the worst. And I was getting absolutely melted. And I was so confused because I was like, how did I breeze through the cat? Not breeze through, but like get through without too much trouble. The first time, the first try, and now I'm getting absolutely wasted. That's and so funny. Uh, that was why. So, so yeah, yeah. probably. So the second time I made it to the boss, I beat him, which was probably my sixth or seventh um, attempt. Um, so I felt pretty good about that. Um, See, it's and funny then, you say that. Oh, That's, please. I, I had a similar arc with this game, actually. Uh-huh. I played it a couple of times, had like a couple of good runs, and then set it aside largely for a couple months. Yeah. When I came back, it just kind of clicked for me. I ran in one attempt all the way up to the final boss, and then my next attempt after that all the way up to him and beat him. So nice. it's like a similar arc in the sense that, like, after two tries on the boss, I was able to take him out. Yeah. And it yeah. took me probably the same amount of runs. Sure. Um, but I just did it in kind of a different trajectory. I didn't get all the way there the first time. It's really interesting right, that you say right. that. Yeah, I was I was surprised. And uh, to be fair, I have watched uh, f- maybe upwards of, like, 10 hours of this game oh, streaming. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Back when it went into 1.0 like six seven months ago so it had been a bit but i had had some understanding of how the game worked right um now since then there have been several updates which changed a few things um and so those things i wasn't familiar with at all um but uh but yeah i think what we're both saying here is a huge testament to just how well the game is designed specifically in its movement for me um in which it is so, so fluid. Your your intentionality with the controller, once once you spend even like 10 minutes with the game, translates incredibly well onto the screen, which is not an easy feat. And it's, it's kind of an invisible accomplishment in some ways, because when it's going really well, you often don't notice it. Instead, you will more so notice it when a game is incredibly clunky. Right. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to shout out the movement in this game, which is excellent. I mean, and the combat is obviously an accompanying piece to that, uh, and it's also excellent. But specifically with the movement, like, yeah, it, it makes it really easy to just kind of zone out and play the game at a pretty high level honestly it it's one it's one of those experiences where you feel you're you're kind of watching yourself play the game and you feel like you're better than you probably should be at times which is a cool feeling um like when i beat the boss the final boss on my second attempt it was probably the best time i have beaten him um i took very little damage i don't think i healed once Nice. Um, which didn't that that never happened again um, no yeah, yeah yeah because it's not particularly easy but like yeah the game it's just very easy to enter a flow state which is something super difficult to quantify and i won't pretend that i can here but i think the movement is a huge piece of that 100 percent. there's a i I've, I've played this game i think at this point like a lot more than you have because i've beaten the final boss like 40 or 50 times if I had to nice. guess. I, like, this is really just a game that I just loved yeah. to just, like... Because uh-huh. I, they decided they were going to remove The Office from Netflix. Some big corporate deal decided to do that. And I hadn't seen oh. all of it. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch this all so I can actually 
have seen the whole thing. Yeah. And right. uh, Dead Cells was a really good game to just like play oh, yeah. while the office oh, yeah. was on in the background. Um, and I, I hear what you're saying as far as like the flow state of the game because there definitely came apart like a moment in this game where I could play the game and also like if something happened on screen in the show I was watching, just like quickly glance up and look back and like and I'm talking like in combat like uh-huh. fight things and just like take a yeah. quick glance at the screen and like see that Michael Scott has dropped a watermelon onto a trampoline and it's landed on somebody's car. Like you can classic <laughs> that that classic bit. Oh, um, indeed. But yeah, you can you really enter a place where movement and combat in this game are almost as natural as breathing, which is yeah. like a wild thing to say about a video game mm-hmm. because you don't notice it, right? It's nope. just not something that you wouldn't actively say like, oh yeah, I play this game super well. Um, but I've, he- I've heard a lot of people say things about like this about games that they really like. I know a uh-huh. lot of friends who feel this way about World of Warcraft. I know some people who feel this way about uh, about like some of the lower tier functions of League of Legends and things like that. Like they just feel that like once you really have played a game a lot, there are certain things in that game that just feel natural and normal. Uh, but 100%. I feel like I feel like Dead Cells gives that to you at the twenty or thirty hour mark instead of at like the four hundred or five hundred hour mark. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, so yeah, I guess I will talk about where I bounced off this game. Um, which uh, bouncing off may, maybe is even. I mean, that tepid of response is, is maybe even harsher than I intend it to be because um, I could not figure... I got the boss cell from beating the boss the first time uh-huh. and could not figure out how to use it. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so I know you go up to the the gigantic tube, uh-huh. glass tube thing, and I would hit it and it would say, no boss cells activated. And I was like, huh, okay, well, that's cool. And then I would just go play the game again. And then you just um, toggle you toggle to the left. Yep, I did not see the arrows. Yep. Apparently on PC they are definitely harder to see than they are on console. Really? And I literally never noticed them. So I <laughs> I never played with, with boss cells on. I still might go back to do that. Um, I'd let it breathe in, for a bit, honestly. Fair. The one boss cell activated mode is so much harder than the base game. Interesting. Oh, it's... it's the, the do, <laughs> It's insane how much harder my, this game gets. My big question is, do enemies change uh, their behavior? There are new enemies added. Oh, interesting. So there's okay. like a... I don't want to like necessarily like blow all the big reveals, but they, this is no, one of those you'll fight right away. Is a kind of like a shadowy figure that can be invisible until it sees you, and it throws daggers at you. It's, huh, it's really cool... But yeah. the problem is you couple that with the fact that you're now taking double damage and you have half as many healing items. So right. in the interim levels between base levels, like where you actually do the fighting and playing, there's like a, a safe space that you go and you can yeah. refill your healing vials. Mm-hmm. Half of those refill vials are just broken. Uh, I, so I had heard that. Yeah, Couple that with double damage and new enemy types and it just becomes staggeringly difficult. Huh. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Which is unfortunate. I've ma- I've made a pretty good run through the the one boss cell. I think I've gotten all the way up to. I want to say I've gotten to like the beginning of the castle. Okay. But it just gets really tough, and that's with like I've played this game a lot. This is one of my most played games ever. It's like right oh, up wow. there, right up there with like FTL and Breath of the Wild. Gotcha. But I I played this one on Switch as well. 
So again, like just really easy gotcha. to. I'm I'm becoming one of those gamers who like the Switch is really spoiling me. Oh yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's so nice to play on the go. Not only or on the go, just, just in like your bed. Yeah, laying down on the couch with something uh-huh. on the TV. I I like I haven't played a game on PC in like probably like three months. Like yeah, I just fair. I just can't sit like straight backed in a chair and play video games anymore. I'm too spoiled. Fair. <laughs> Even fair. my PlayStation is gathering a bit of dust because of the Switch. Right. Um, no, it makes sense. Um, yeah, so I, what I ended up doing after I, I beat the big bad for like the eighth time or whatever, mm-hmm. was I decided to do the rise of the giants, uh, arc. Oh, um, oh boy. Okay. Which is, uh, so it adds, I believe just one new area. It's a very large area. Um, quite difficult too. Um, and it comes fairly late in the game. It's, so is it the graveyard? No, it's uh, it's an it's a uh, crystal cavern. I can't remember exactly what its title is, but it, purple and green crystals all you, over the place. You and get there from the, you get there from the crypt, though, don't you? I believe so. Yeah. So it it comes. Yeah. The grave the graveyard is fairly late in a run. So. You're basically you're basically choosing what final boss you want, right? Um, and the so yeah, once you get through this hard, much harder, newer area, you then fight the giant, who is a much harder boss than than uh, the hand of the king by yeah. a pretty huge margin. They put um, in the notes for the for the expansion that it, this is high level play stuff. Oh yeah. So it, he has massive health compared to the Hand of the King, um, and he is not a like a humanoid fighting on the same plane as you uh, type of enemy. Instead, he is you know a giant. So he he's got his fists that he smashes around the arena, and he has laser eyes that you know shoot fire and things at you. Um, <laughs> So it, it is a dramatically different fight because it requires much more precise platforming to get around some of the obstacles, uh, namely the laser fire. Um, and you take quite a bit more damage, and uh, you know he requires way more damage to beat because you can only actually do health damage to the boss uh, once you have damaged a fist enough for him to kind of like lean over and his eyeball to pop out in which you need to jump on the fist and hit the eyeball in a lot of uh games of this ilk will keep the the enemy in that stunned state until you do a certain amount of damage and then end that state and go back to the previous state instead this is strictly on a timer so you have like maybe four seconds maybe five to once you have damaged the fist to climb on top of the fist and hit the eyeball as much as you possibly can um so it requires you to be cognizant very cognizant of fist health to be uh very deliberate in doing damage when you know you can get up on the fist as quickly as possible to do as much damage to the eye as possible um so it it's a dramatically different fight than hand of the king it is far far harder um and i i attempted it three times and i got him down to about a quarter health on my best attempt so it's definitely doable 
uh, but it is very difficult, and I haven't tried in a couple weeks. I will I will probably take a breather and, and come back to it uh, at some point. But but that's that's end that ended up being where I bounced off the game uh, because it's very difficult. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's interesting to hear you say that about about Dead Cells specifically because one of the triumphs of Dead Cells, in my opinion, is that it it almost leans away from certain platform game tropes. Uh-huh. And it sounds like the giant, the way that that combat happens, is so similar to some of those tropes. Yeah, um, it's it's far less about your skills uh, as an like the skills that your character has, um, and far more about the stage and positioning itself. It, it feels like a Mega Man boss, honestly. That's um, what I was getting at. Yeah. Yeah. It, because or like a sonic you, late game boss right you you're basically required to have two skills and certain weapon types you have to have a stationary turret um skill be that mm-hmm. the the sinew oh, slicer or the what what's the green goober thing called i forgot the, is it root something I don't remember. Uh, it's pretty great though. It, it floats one. on balloons and and shoots enemies from oh, above. Oh, that but, one! I can't remember what that one's called. Right, that's but you one. need you need one of those for sure, um, because you spend a ton of time simply dodging attacks in which you realistically can't attack. So you have to have one of those. You have to have, uh, in my opinion, you have to have a fire grenade because it does pretty good damage over time and it's easier to hit the fists as they're moving around um and then beyond that you have to have a weapon with fast attack that has very high dps so i went with the assassin's daggers um, uh, because you have to be able to get up on the eye and start doing damage as quickly as possible because it is a restricted time frame right um Whereas if you were going in with like a, a huge heavy sword, your wind up to even do your first hit is a ton of lost opportunity. 100%. Um, so I think the giant is cool, but I like it less because exactly what you're getting at. It's less dead cells. You can't, like, you obviously can experiment. Of course, it is possible to beat it with probably just your starting weapon and literally nothing else um because but you would have to be just incredibly good at dodging every single attack and it would take you hours because you can't do any damage to the enemy or to the boss until you do until you damage one of the fists enough to get the eyeball out and in which case if you were using a garbage tier weapon you would be doing barely any damage so so even with my my current view of an optimal build my most successful fight getting him down to a quarter health was like a 20 maybe not 20 minutes probably a 15 minute fight which is grueling yeah for dead cells that's a really long time yes so yeah dead cells is excellent um i think the giant is uh probably pretty fun for really high level players um I mean, I, I was having fun, like, don't get me wrong, but it is definitely not the same. It, it has a different taste than the rest of the game, and maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. That's how the game feels once you add a boss cell, though. 
I believe it, yeah. They're like, there's just a, a completely different flavor. It's just really a lot more difficult. There are sure. uh, unlocks that happen in this game that as you mm-hmm. start to get, like, excess cells. So right. sometimes you'll, like, get all of your blueprints, like, completely taken care of. And then you'll have, like, 400 cells that you're just running around with. Right. Well, there are places you can stop and use those cells to trigger, like, there are plus quality weapons. Yes. And if yep. you use, so I've I've triggered enough upgrades that, a hundred percent of my yeah i think uh, i'm at 75 yeah a hundred percent of my weapons are plus quality which makes some of those harder tier fights easier definitely but like i'm at the point now where i think i get 50 percent chance that they're plus plus i think is how oh, it nice. works. um and the problem is that like even with like a 50 percent plus plus drop at the start of the game i still have a really hard time with like one boss stem cell activated Huh, fair and enough. Like that says a lot about the sudden difficulty ramp up right. of, the, of the game. Right. Um, but ultimately, I agree with you. I think it's like a really, really fun game. Um, there's like whip items in this game that I just oh, yeah. I absolutely adore. The um, the Spartan kick items are <laughs> very fun. Yeah. I don't. I'm not sure they're particularly good. No, they're not. Um, but they're very. But fun. they are extremely fun. There's there's some gauntlets that you can punch enemies with that are also. Really oh, fun. that's awesome! I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, yeah. There's some good ones. There's some really good. Like there's there's an electric whip that is essentially you just shoot electricity. But there's that's also like a classic a, yeah. a held electricity weapon. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Like lightning bolts. You oh yeah hold, hold the button down and zap yeah there's a lot of really fun variety in this game yeah have the variety is huge it's awesome have you played it all with custom mode uh-uh so in custom mode you can select what your starting items are oh sweet um it's it's just kind of a fun way to like experiment with builds and see what it is that you really like a hundred percent so i have learned with that like there's a, a particular whip that i just adore called valmont's whip that is just like a super good like long distance whip and a lot of times it'll have a modifier that it if you hit it hit somebody with the tip of the whip it does critical damage oh so you get like really good at like standing exactly as far as you need to be to just like wreck shop with a whip right and then i'll usually like pack the electric whip anyway custom mode i'd 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 encourage you to to play a little that sounds cool you can essentially pick your best weapons and find out what you're best with that's a lot of right right so yeah, Dead Cells, another yeah, great it, another great game I played on Switch. It's an excellent game, highly recommended. Well, we we are uh, coming up hot on an hour here, but uh, we teased at the top Fire Emblem. I, I think we got to talk about it. We do. So I I love my Switch, and the best thing about my Switch is that I can play full length video games on my Switch, sure. particularly Fire Emblem. Um. A lot has already been said in like popular discourse about this game, um, so I don't want to like necessarily beat a dead horse or okay, like fair feed, enough. Feed a fed horse or <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use. Um, sure. But I will say this, uh, John, you've played a Fire Emblem, right? Yeah, I've played Awakening. Okay, the best one prior to this. Yeah, loved um, it. Huge so fan. Fire Emblem Three Houses is really interesting because it is long. Um, you right. Pick, you pick one of three houses. Um, a very important choice that affects the, your content for the rest of the game. They have you make within an hour. Like, <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. I, wild. And this game is tutorialized very poorly. But none of that is what I want to talk about. Um, 
So you pick one of these three houses. You can either go with like a sulky goth dude, like an edge lord battle queen, or <laughs> prince, or prince. Prince, sure. is the, prince is the third one. Um, <laughs> so I went with Prince because he's the best. That character. So his, his real name is Claude in the game. And okay. He's just always quick witted and always making jokes and always laughing at people. Doesn't take his position as a noble super seriously. Yeah. Um, so it was like an easy pick for me. I think from what I've heard, an easy pick for a lot of people. The the Golden Deer House was like the number one pick. And I've heard that there's some really cool end game content. But as I was gonna say, this game is like seventy or eighty hours. Ooh. And all three tracks are different. Like the first, How different are we talking, do you know? From what I understand, the first half of the game is pretty similar. Right. I understand that there's a divergent point yeah. later yeah, in the there's, game. There's a, well, I guess slight spoilers for Fire Emblem. Uh, there's a time jump, which the trailer's revealed. Oh, the trailer's revealed. It's not like time travel, but like... Sure, sure, sure. It's like five years later or whatever. There's a, Interesting. There's a time jump. The trailers kind of show that because like the moody little goth boy I was talking about earlier in one of the trailers, he comes back with like one eye and a beard and looks like a dude you'd actually follow. Um, <laughs> and he's like nice. screaming about killing people. So like there's a time jump oh. and apparently that house goes through some stuff and post time jump from what I understand it is all different. Um, and I huh. think that's like halfway through the game, maybe like a third. Of the way through. So that's like a super a, interesting structure. Yeah. Huh. There's a considerable portion of the game is spent um, doing the same thing, but then I think a larger portion is spent in new and original content, which is kind of fun. In addition, they've made some interesting ways that you can that should make the game more replayable. Um, okay, you can recruit characters from other houses to join your team. So, and when you play with houses, you get a completely different roster of characters too. So even though like there's similarities. You get to see new character stories. There's support conversations like there were in Awakening that play right. out where you get to see the way characters interact. There's like new capital C content you get to see as, as players, as characters work together. So even though you're playing similar levels, um, that doesn't matter. The one thing I will huh. say about Three Houses is that they have made some serious quality of life improvements. Um, so you've played Into the Breach, right, John? Oh, yeah. Subset Games' most recent game. So... In Into the Breach, you have the ability to reset around if you just, like, really screw it up. Yep. <laughs> Which actually happens a lot. Right. Um, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses has that mechanic, mm. except for instead of letting you reset around, it lets you pull back the clock as far back as you need to. And huh. you're allowed to do it three times per match. Oh, wow. That's, it's that's in, fairly generous. It's very forgiving, um, yeah. which is nice. Now, don't get me wrong. I, so I play on the hardest difficulty in Classic because this is one of those – Fire oh, Emblem is brutal. one of those franchises that I am a capital G snob gamer about. Like <laughs> I will enough. I will purist run these games because my first one was Shadow Dragon, which is a port of the original NES title gotcha. um, to DS. And there were no difficulty sliders in, in Shadow <laughs> Dragon. Fair, um, fair. It's just a brutal game. And so ever since then, I've played these games on the most difficult setting possible. Um just because that's so core to my Fire Emblem experience. Sure. Uh, this, the, with that, this new mechanic of being able to turn back time, there are still times that I have brushed up against and thought like, oh man, if I don't move this piece, this piece is like capital G gone, like dead huh. forever. Because permadeath is, is still very much alive and well. In, in classic Emblem. mode. Yeah, yeah. In, in classic. And, and anyway, so the only 
difficult part that I have with this whole three houses thing is that theoretically I'm going to have to play the game. I mean, I'm playing the game three times. Like, I look, I know. Me. <laughs> All right. I know me. Um, okay, it, it's going to take fair. me a minute, but this will be sure. my, my go-to Switch game for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I'm having a great time with it. Um, but I wish that there was another difficulty level. From what I understand, they're going to patch in like an insane difficulty with some of the dlc they're planning for this game interesting okay um but yeah ultimately you're looking at you know roughly 240 hours of gameplay right fire emblem um one of the fun things as well that will will cut down gameplay in later playthroughs is uh some of the there's a time management element to this game uh which is really similar to like persona where you are the teacher in this hogwarts like school Right. And you go through and manually instruct your students and do lesson plans and plan seminars and things like that. They've added the ability you can you can skip through all of that, and the game will sim what it thinks is the best course for you. Huh. And okay. I I'm loving that part of the game, so I haven't tried that yet. Sure. Um. So I don't I can't speak to if it does it well, right? Like it, it's obviously not going to be does conducive that... to min maxing stats. I was going to say so that has long term ramifications then. Direct effects on stats, yeah. Okay, interesting. But you could theoretically, so you're allowed to set study goals for each of your students. Uh-huh. You could theoretically pick your study goals and then sim through the rest of it, um, and it would probably do pretty well with those skills that you've set the okay. goals for. Would gotcha. be my guess. Um, right. I, I can't speak to it definitively, but I'll probably try it on my next playthrough. Um, just to cut down on time and, and play strict tactics mode. Um, sure. But yeah, they, I don't want to take a ton of time talking about it, but you know, if you like Fire Emblems, it turns out that this is a good one. The The teens are there. They're hornier than ever, and they do, <laughs> and they do battles, um, which makes this game very, very good. Yeah, so, fair enough. Yeah, I'm having a really good time with it. Um, the plot is uh, not terrible. Um, which Fire Emblem is not like really a super plot heavy game. There's no, probably some really. some purists out there who have played some some of the Japanese games that would argue because I think some of those have more more grounded and more interesting and varied plots. Um, Fair enough. But like Awakening's plot, you know, it had some fun twists and some fun time travel stuff to it. But it wasn't like, you know, this is not like a Christopher yeah. Nolan film, right? I mean, like, can't. I can't. I remember characters from my time in Awakening. I do not remember the plot. Hundred uh, percent, and that's what's memorable about I guess. Fire Emblem is the is the characters, right? Yeah, uh-huh. and that's why the the addition of support conversations and like character relationships has made these games so good. Um, actually, as a as a side note, I was reading an Iwata asks from like twenty fifteen about uh-huh. or twenty thirteen or something about Fire Emblem Awakening. That was the last Fire Emblem. Um, they were not making any more after that. <laughs> really? And then it did so well that like two weeks later, they were like, hey, when's the next one? They were like, yo, you just said no more. He's like, yeah, that's how sales works, man. We need another one and we need it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. People, and now anyway. Fire Emblem is in everything Nintendo. I mean, Awakening really pushed it into, totally. uh, into Nintendo culture uh, writ large. It's been... Cool to watch. Yeah, this is, I mean, Fire Emblem is largely a, I mean, this is like a staple Nintendo franchise. Like yeah. when, the, when the Switch was announced in twenty late 2016, I think, um, when we finally started getting Sounds like, right. details yep. about the Switch, one of the things they said was that there was going to be Fire Emblem. Yep. And that, I mean, we had Breath of the Wild, which I was looking forward to. 
Um, but, you know, I could have played that on the Wii U, like gotten old Wii U, yeah, right? Yeah, true. Um, yeah. But when they said Fire Emblem Switch, I that was when I knew I was getting one of these right. machines. Um, and it, it did not disappoint even a little bit. I, I will be playing this game for some time. I... I have my complaints with it, but it's sure, lar- sure. it's largely very, very good, and so I don't want to disparage some of the things that I've said um, Fair. by by distracting from that. But yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses, it's a good one. Everybody hit it up. I'd be interested to see if you ever get around to playing it, John. I'd be interested to see which house you go for, and if it's different, uh, we could probably talk about it because uh, yeah, I'm gonna play them all. But sure. man. Uh, you know, some of them are a long way out for me. <laughs> like, fair, fair. We're, we're talking about 240 hours of content here. It's gonna, right. take, it's gonna take me a hot minute. Um, well, I, I, I definitely probably... plan to play this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. It's this is. I mean, in my opinion, with the, I don't want to dunk Breath of the Wild because I these, but it's this Breath of the Wild quality, in my opinion. Oh, okay. like this wow. is like this is like, it is. For Fire Emblem, what Breath of the Wild was. For stepping in, stepping boldly into a, a new angle for a for a franchise. Hundred percent. Which I mean is what Awakening did as well. That's like, true. A, Awakening yeah. was a huge reinvention for some of those early Fire Emblem games. Um, but Three Houses takes that even further and really just. And the crazy thing, I cannot remember if Awakening is this way. I and I Fates is the one that came after Awakening. There were three Fates games. Correct. Um, Which is essentially what they're doing with three houses. They just put it on one cartridge, which was a way better move. Oh, Um, yeah. But there were three Fates games that I didn't play largely because I didn't charge my three yes. But I... (laughs) It's the worst reason to not play a game, but I have not played anything on my 3DS since I bought my Switch. Same. Yep. Um, I have not turned my 3DS on since buying a Switch. But last semester, I let my friend Elise borrow my 3DS, and she played all the way through my copy of Fire Emblem Fates, and she loved it. So apparently it's good... Um, and I don't know if this was true in Fates or Awakening, every line of dialogue in Three Houses, and I mean every line, is voice acted. Every single line. Like, there is not a part of this game that does not have voice acting, and it is wonderful. So this, when I'm in combat, I'll I'll podcast or whatever, like, Uh this is a game that you play and you listen to, and it's, there's a couple characters who, their voices really irritate me. Speaking generally... This it's the sound and music and voice design it just awesome just awesome nice. and it's totally unexpected because I don't think that was the case with Awakening I think there was a lot of voice acting but I don't think it was all voice acted Def eh, I was gonna say definitely I'm not quite so sure but I I believe that is the case yeah that it yeah. was mostly the cutscenes were all voice acted and I. Th- think like the bigger support conversations might have been but otherwise <clears throat> yeah yeah i think you know what i think it is i think that there were cut scenes and then like ending points like because in fire you can have marriages right you can have weddings right and i think that in awakening when you would have those support conversations some parts of them would be voice acted like i believe every character case, yeah. every character gives like a little a little monologue at the end when they get married um because, like, a key and weird part of Awakening is, like, women getting married and then their children coming from the future to assist oh, yeah. in the battle. <laughs> I completely forgot that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's totally a thing. And, like, it was yeah. one of my favorite parts of that game. Uh, I don't think that's a thing in Three Houses. 
like, I, I have heard that romance is they're adjacent, but it is not like awakening romance was like a big deal. Yeah, yo, you unlocked is... levels. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you unlocked levels and new characters from people like falling in love, which is right. wild. It is but wild, it, yeah. It was part of it was part of the charm of that game, I think. A hundred percent, yeah. Um one thing that has been really fun with Three Houses is to see places where like like there's a recurring character in Fire Emblem named Anna who in Awakening wasn't a part of the game. She was a part of the DLC, so she like lived by the DLC portal. Gotcha. Did you do any DLC for Fire Emblem Awakening? No. I did a little bit of it. Um, it got pretty expensive pretty fast, though. Like, yeah. There were like several level packs that were all $7, and it's like, huh. oh, okay. man. Like, and like there were a bunch of level packs at that price point. Like You'd get sure. a pack of three for seven. But, like, you could spend easily another $60 on, like, Awakening deals. Huh. Wow. Okay. It was brutal. Anyway, so I, I played um, I played through one of them, but she, like, lived at the DLC portal. But she's, like, a recurring character. She was in, like, I think in the original, if I'm not mistaken. Um, gotcha. Anyway, she, she comes back as a shopkeeper, like a merchant, which is, like, her regular place. She comes yeah. back as a merchant in the new one. There's some stuff like that. Like, some stuff that if you've played Fire Emblem before, this, it's not... It doesn't disregard the fact that you played Fire Emblem. Kind of like how Breath of the Wild didn't disregard the fact that you played Zelda, right? Like, there were places on that map named for people in other games. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of them, actually. Like, a lot. Yes, yeah. Anyway, I've talked at length about about this game, but honestly, I... If you want to play this game, you'll like this game. Like, if you've... If you've played a Fire Emblem and you think, like, oh, maybe I should try the new one, this is a great Fire Emblem. If they patch in better tutorials, it'll be a great entry level entry point for anybody who wants to get into Fire Emblem. Sure, sure. Even with the bad tutorialization, I would say that like it's a good place to start um, okay. because it is relatively forgiving um, as far as Fire Emblem goes with time travel and things like that. Right. It, I think it is a the time travel to say a little bit more about it. I think it's a more fully realized version of what Into the Breach wanted to do. Sure. Um, it's like it's the perfection. It's kind of like how Michael Jackson didn't make the moonwalk, but boy, oh boy, that guy could moonwalk, you know? (laughs) That's how I feel about the time travel here. You know, Fire Emblem didn't invent time travel in strategy games, but man, it's really good. You can go back turn by turn every movement you've done and undo and fix things. There's also some really cool things with, like, the strategy mapping um, that, like, you can see after you move a character which characters are going to attack it, which enemies are going right. to attack that character and how much damage they'll do. Oh, um, interesting. You get all the numbers like right up front. So you can actually undo a bad decision with time travel right after you make it right? rather than waiting to, for the character to die. You can see all of it pretty well up front. The only thing is they don't really tell you how to toggle on any of those settings. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. like, yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out, but be ready to take a minute. Like, right figuring things out like i think it's zr to trigger like the overall like air enemy effect area you can see all the spots right. the enemies are going to hit and then you can individually select other enemies which is useful because like once you get flyers you want to pick archers because archers devastate flyers yeah so you want to select all the enemy archers so you don't even get your flyers close to them that makes sense yeah but then you also want to see general area effect anyway but there's a lot of stuff like that that they just don't teach you how to do <laughs> anyway well, i not I've, great but yeah if you've played one of these before though you'll probably be okay yeah yeah that makes sense or if you like i have a friend who really wants to play it my friend elise who i let borrow 
my my DS to play the other one. And I right. was like, okay, she doesn't have a Switch. And I was like, okay, well, your best experience is probably going to be like if I'm right there anyway. Because like, <laughs> uh, yeah, fair for enough. the first couple levels, there's just going to be some buttons that you're going to want to press and not sure. know where they are. Sure. Um, but yeah, ultimately, ultimately, it's really good. I've talked at length about it, but Fire Emblem, they did a good one. Yeah, I mean, it has been my number one desire all week to just pony up the $60 and and play fire emblem uh didn't didn't end up pulling the trigger but it is it is i really want to play it probably when i get paid next we'll see yeah so this Um, is one of those games that i did the thing and i i never do this but i gamestop physical copy pre-ordered this game oh wow um, because it came with a pin set one and okay for each house nice no additional cost so yeah i bought it i don't even particularly like GameStop, but this is this was a launch title for me, and I knew it would be. I don't Fair. even know if Link's Awakening is going to land in the launch window just because of how little cash I have. But Fire yeah, Emblem was a, that was a must. Fire Emblem was a must. Right. Yeah. So instead of ponying up the sixty, I ponied up thirty to play Wolfenstein Youngblood. Ooh. Um, uh, we're we're pretty much out of time, so I'm not going to get into it especially because i literally just bought it and started playing it last night but that's just a little teaser for next pod i so far i'm enjoying it quite a bit and i fully intend on on beating this game probably 100 percenting it for the most part nice um where did you buy it what console uh steam okay cool so he's pc yep. yep you know it's on switch right uh yeah i heard the port's quite bad yeah, who could have foreseen? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that I'm pretty sure the same studio I know it's a studio called Panic Button. They did the ports for Wolfenstein two to switch, for Doom twenty sixteen to switch. They're doing the Doom Eternal uh port to switch. So I assume they did the Youngblood port. Uh and all those other games have been bad, but remarkably good for like uh, Better than anybody expected is is the oh, metric. Oh, really? Oh, that's and good that, to hear. And that's pretty much what I've heard for this one as well. Like, it, it's probably better than it has any right to be. It's just still not a good way to play the game. So. No, I, now that we've seen that the Switch light is coming, right? I am on pins and needles hoping for a Switch Pro. Because that yeah. has also been rumored. And yeah. so if... If maybe maybe if we had one of those bad boys, right. these games would run a little better. Right. Because honestly, it's all an internal thing. Like, I could play any game with those Joy Cons. Like, sure, I, yeah, those they, controllers they don't bother well me at all. Yeah. Other than the fact that like there's no trigger depth to the back trigger. Right, um, but if you're playing on a mouse and keyboard, there's no depth to a key press. That's or true. To a, Actually, to that's a mouse good. click. That's a really good point. So yeah, I I found that the the only issue with the Switch losing its analog sticks has really been like in driving games, where you kind of need the depth for a depth of throttle or a depth of braking. But like, eh, that's a pretty minor thing. I it, it obviously rears its head in some other things. Yeah, if but, I but it's not too bad. If I'm gonna play a driving game, I'm gonna get a Forza or a Gran Turismo anyway. Those right. are both those are both yeah. exclusives. hundred so percent. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm. I'm good out here. I don't need a, a good driving game for Switch, even though right. 
So my actual most played video game of all time, this is a divergent, I know we're running long, but my <laughs> actual most played video game of all time is Gran Turismo 5 for PlayStation 3. Really? Because when I first bought my PlayStation 3, I was going through a breakup and my brother had just left the state for two years. Right. So I had nothing to do and I bought myself a PlayStation, but I had no money, so I bought like a $10 copy of Gran Turismo 5 <laughs> and just put literally hundreds of hours into that game and i loved huh. it i oh man the gran turismo franchise is awesome um i never would have guessed that you oh yeah i know gran turismo. oh dude i love racing games which is huh. maybe surprising i really like them is forza on game pass forza is on game pass right maybe I should yeah forza. I, I can't remember which ones or how many but i know every time i bring up the the, the desktop client it it uh recommends me a forza game yeah i, I should I, I think it's Forza Horizon. I've heard four? great things about Horizon. So yeah, about that whole line. a little bit zanier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seems yeah. cool. Yeah, it, it, but this might not surprise you, knowing that I like Gran Turismo. I hate Need for Speed. I cannot stand <laughs> Need for Speed, which probably oh, isn't a man. huge surprise. That's hilarious. It's I like love it. Need for Speed and Blur and things like that are a little bit on the. They're very arcadey. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, super yeah. arcadey and less realistic. Um, anyway, but yeah, that's a that's gonna do it for season two, episode one. We did it of that odious beast gaming. Well, let's I'm not a... get our let's not get our hopes too high. All right, we've had a couple oh, of these get killed by audacity. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, true. We already lost the actual season two, episode one. Pour one that's out. The, that's the big reveal. I told yeah. you there were gonna be secrets and surprises and gas yeah. moments in this season. <sighs> That's the big one, is that this is not the start of this season. This is secretly episode two, rip. Ugh, rip. Can I get a rip in the chat? Yep, 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 yep. So, yeah. Uh, how do we end the show? I can't remember. Oh, I have a sign-off. Oh, lay it on me. <laughs> this has been That Odious Beast Gaming. Yes, you are a real gamer. Don't sell your bathwater. <laughs> How'd I do? Is that a good one? Uh, I'm in. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.